<laughs> Home alone. Home alone. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, he just thought he wanted to be alone. And as that movie progresses, we discovered that there's a lot of calamity that takes place in someone's life when they're all alone. Matter of fact, he discovers very humorously that being home alone creates many challenges. But yet by the end of the movie, we discover that he becomes thankful for the presence of his family. Today, I want to begin our Christmas series first talking about the reality that it is Christmas time. Can anybody believe that? That uh, we have arrived in the Christmas season and As we enter into our Christmas celebration here at Triumph, I think we're going to have a little fun through this uh, series with some familiar Christmas movies and clips, while at the same time discovering biblical truths. And I know you're probably thinking to yourself, how in the world can you come up with anything biblical out of the movie Home Alone? Well, we're going to discover that in just a few moments Matter of fact, the message of Christmas is a message of hope for everyone who feels like they are home alone. Because Christ came, we all have this amazing opportunity to have God near us. Matter of fact, this is the inaugural message given to Joseph when Joseph found out that his soon-to-be wife was, uh, had conceived a child from God. The angel said to Joseph in Matthew 1.23, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. What a staggering concept, even among these Jewish people, but then to expand it even further. As the Jewish people waited for their Messiah, they missed what had been heralded to them for hundreds of years concerning the Christ being not only for the Jewish people, but for all people. When we recognize that although they did not understand that concept and and they also were a people who were in covenant with God but yet God was still by and large widely separated from them in their lives. We think about the typology of the Old Testament and the temple that was built and there was a curtain or a veil that, that was that was hung within that place, separating the people from what was then known as the Holy of Holies, this place where the Ark of the Covenant rested and, and, and the representation of the very presence of God among them. And yet only the priest, the high priest at that, could enter into that place and and, and, and they would wait on the outside as the priest went in before the presence of God to make atonement for them and their sin. And, and, and they would wait for him to exit from that place. And this is 
This is really the story of the separation that sin brought between God and man that, that only certain people could really get close to him. And yet when we discover this idea of the Messiah, that, that, that his name will be called Emmanuel, that, that this Messiah would literally mean among the people God with us. That Jesus Christ came into this world as the physical representation of God. And in that representation, God drew very, very near to us. And then ultimately the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. That, that, that one gospel writer even brings out the idea that the veil in the temple tore itself in half as this tremendous symbol to everyone that God was no longer hidden behind a curtain, that that his presence was no longer resting upon the Ark of the Covenant in that way, that, that because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that everyone now has access and how poetically that is written in Scripture, when Scripture declares to us that we can come boldly to the throne of grace and that we can obtain mercy to help in our time of need. that God has made a way for all people to have access to this presence of God that had been so elusive before, but because the Christ child came, we are now no longer home alone. Matter of fact, in Ephesians, Paul confirms this when he wrote in Ephesians 2.11, Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called the uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. And I pause to, to reflect on this just for a moment for you to understand that the Gentile people are the Non-Jewish people would be called the uncircumcised and those who were Jewish by birth would call themselves a circumcision. That, that male circumcision was a sign of the covenant between this people and God. That they would circumcise their, their male children in order to seal the covenant and declare that, that we are the people of God. But Paul is writing here saying those of you among the Gentiles who are being called the uncircumcised by those who were a part of that former covenant. Ha, ah, I've got a word for you today. Remember in verse 12 that at that time you were separate from Christ. Excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. Now listen to this. Without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. See, the Jewish people thought that the Messiah was only for them. But Paul is confirming to the Gentile people that the Messiah was and is for everyone. And that it is not God's intention for any one of us to live in this world alone. It is not 
God's will or God's purpose for you to feel like you are traversing alone, that, that you are hopeless and without help, that, that the Word of God is screaming at us through the Christmas story, that God doesn't intend on us to live home alone, but God's intention for us as all people, His intention for us is to be in that place where we have drawn near to Him. Matter of fact, the Word of God declares to us that we can draw near to Him because He has drawn near to us. That we can love Him now because He chose to first love us. That that God's plan and God's purpose for you in your life is that you are as much a part of the covenant promises as the Gentiles, as the Jews, as anyone else. That all of us have this opportunity to be brought near to God. But the thing I really want us to pay special attention to today is that Paul recognizes the without hope and the without God aspects of life outside of Christ. The Christmas message is a message of hope. It is also a message of God coming near. That we have been brought near to God to the point that we are not home alone anymore. The reality of it is this. There is a sad thread to the reality of God going to such great lengths to bring us near to Him. There's a sad thread to this because when we look at the story of Christmas and then the ensuing message of Christmas that that developed through the life of Christ, ultimately culminating at a cross, ultimately culminating at this place where Christ bled out on that cross, suffered greatly in order to provide to us this access, that that this Christmas story doesn't end in a manger and how beautiful that is and and the sheep there and and the, and the, the, the kings there and all of the angels singing. Hark the herald angels sing. You know, the Christmas story doesn't end there. That the Christmas story walks its way through a time where Christ himself would even recognize that he was rejected by his own. That this child born in the manger would live a life that would ultimately culminate in this terrible execution. But yet... Then he would raise from the dead on the third day and bring tremendous victory to all of our lives. That the Christmas story reveals to us just how great our God is and how far he would go to satisfy this issue of people being home alone living in the calamity of their life, living in the calamity of their world now with, without hope, without direction, without God. God would look down upon this entire scenario and would enact for us a powerful verse in John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son... That whoever believes in him would not perish, would have everlasting life. That that God would go through such great lengths for us to find hope and find help and find healing 
and find joy and peace, God would give His own Son, this child born in a manger, These are the lengths that God would go through in order to secure this reality that you and I do not have to live in this world home alone. And yet the sad thread is that we can choose not to. There is a human tendency toward independence even from God. Like Kevin in Home Alone, we can easily fall into the mindset that we are better off without everyone else, even God. That we can easily fall into the mindset that we'll just take matters into our own hands. That I'm big enough to handle this. And we think that it is a good idea, maybe even an idea that would cause us happiness to make God disappear. We would love to live life the way that they see fit. People honestly think that this will make them happy. I Probably you noticed as well some news reports this week about some billboards from atheists that are going up in our, in our uh, communities. And, and, and here is this prime example of people who have just decided in their life that God is, is just a myth. He needs to just be put over there that we don't need any idea of God in our life, and they would rather, like Kevin, they would rather live life home alone. But then we look at Ephesians 4, 17 and 18. This is a very powerful way to put this. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord. I mean, what a, what a way for, for Paul to be talking to the church here at Ephesus that, that he would not just say, I want to tell you this, but now he's saying, I am insisting on this in the Lord. I mean, I am emphatically declaring something to you that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them to the hardening of their hearts. That, that they have hardened their hearts against this idea of, of God with us. And they think, they think that life is better home alone. They think that, that life is better with God somewhere over there. Let, let other people have that. Let other people, if that's what you want to believe. And they, they bring themselves this, to this thinking to believe that everything else, even, even those things that separate them from God, are better than to embrace God's presence in their life and God's love in their life, and even God's instruction in their life. And I mean, I stand here today and admit to all of us that yes, 
walking with God and living with God near and, and not living home alone places God's boundaries in our life. I think that if you watch the entirety of this movie, you would, you would understand that, that this, this boy... He just really felt like that because everyone was there and the, and the people that were in his life, he just, he just felt like it was just messing up his feng shui. Whatever a feng shui is. It, 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 he just felt like it was, it was just messing, it was messing with his life. That, that, that I just wish all of you would go away so that I could do what I want to do and be what I want to be and eat what I want to eat and go where I want to go. Matter of fact, indicative of this, just past the clip that we showed today, when he realized that his family wasn't there, the first thing he does is start doing things like jumping on beds and pouring out cereal and doing all these things that, man, I just this just makes my life happy. This is the way I want to live life. I want to live life large. I want to live life big. I want to live life without boundaries. But again... His life without boundaries produced some calamity. His life without boundaries removed from him some security. His life without boundaries ultimately became very sad for him. As I have already said, that ultimately in the movie, he is very happy that everyone come home. Now, he's been living in this war. Yeah, I mean, the, the movie portrays it very humorously, but, but the reality of it is very sad that, that he's been living in this war the whole time they've been gone. He's been battling and battling and fighting and fighting and pushing and pushing and hiding and hiding. And, and, and he's been living in this tension of, I'm home alone. I could do, I could do anything I want to do, but yet you can't. I believe it was the Rolling Stones years ago says you can't always get what you want, right? I think a caveat to that song would be you can't always do what you want. A lot of people think their life is better off without God because they recognize that when God's presence is in their life, there is a measure of instruction and the apostle Paul even called it correction. That there are moments in our life where God says you can't jump on the bed. Just not a good idea. There are times in our life that God, that God, see God came near. Listen, God didn't come near to us to, to put us in constraints and make our lives worse. See, all of this that I'm speaking about right now centers on the fact that God wants your life to be better. And that when we think that we can separate ourselves from God, no, I just want to be alone. I just want to go it alone. I, I, don't, I don't need all of that in my life. When we have that mindset, what we are doing is we are inviting calamity. We are inviting the enemy into our life to, to begin to make war against us. And then there is a God who steps back and says, all I really want to do is give you peace. 
All I really want to do is give you joy. All I really want to do is to help you to help you with doing the right things in life that bring life and not death, that bring help, that bring hope. That, that really all I, I want to be for you in your life is, 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 this, is this one who walks with you and makes things better. And so I, all, all I really want to do is pour things in your life like my fruit. I, I, I'll pour my fruit in your life and instead of hatred, you'll have love and Instead of sadness and sorrow, you'll have joy. And instead of calamity, you'll have peace. That I mean, look at the works of the flesh. And in, 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 in Galatians chapter 5, look at the works of the flesh. None of those things really, really bring peace or joy or happiness. You, man, this is just what I want to do, though. Man, what I want to do, I just want to do what I want to do. And God said next time, but, but, but those things you want to do might not be the best thing for you to do. And, and, I, and I drew near the message of the Christmas story is that, is that, is that I drew near to you to, to, to make your life better. And I can, I can trade some things out here that instead of the works of the flesh, instead of the sinful acts or the sinful nature taking complete control of your life as it would love to if you're going to live home alone, instead of that, I want to pour some fruit in your life of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness. And then there's that 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 last one that that wait a minute, but that last one says self-control. That I want to pour some fruit in your life. That it, that if you'll let this happen, see I, I'm drawing near to you. I'm drawing near to you. Don't harden your heart. Don't live a life separated from God. I'm, I, I'm drawing near to you for a purpose, and my purpose is to make your life better. And the Old Testament prophet said it like this, that I will give you beauty for ashes. Here's my trade. Here's my trade. You take that which is burn up and no good. You take that which is, which is just something we just discarded full way. You take that. You give me that. You give me your ashes, and I'll give you my beauty. This is what I want to do as your God. That that if you'll just if you'll just make up your mind that 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 you just don't want to live life home alone. And you will accept the fact that that decision creates some measure of responsibility because you might not get to jump on the bed as often. But if you will embrace that, I'll give you beauty for ashes. I'll give you the oil of joy for mourning. Now, what kind of, that's an amazing trade. That, that all of the sorrow that, that God said, you give me your sorrow, you give me your mourning, and I'll give you my joy. See, that's my trade. I'm drawing near to you, and me drawing near to you. In this act of drawing near to you, this is my trade-off that I'll give you. The oil of joy for mourning. And then it said, the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. What, what, a, what a promise. Now, I'll tell you what. You just take off that old, that old coat of heaviness and heavy down, weighted down. You just take off that coat and you hand it to me. And I'll give you a garment of praise, which is an easy thing. You'll find yourself saying, just thank you, Lord. 
Boy, when you should be weighted down, you'll find yourself just saying, Hallelujah. Yeah, that's the trade. That's the trade. The, the trade is that, uh, that I, I'll give you my atonement, meaning at one with God, I'll give you my atonement healing for your, for your sickness. Yeah, you just give me your sickness and I'll give you my healing. That's just the way it's going to work. See, I'm trying to tell somebody in this house today that choosing not to live home alone comes with this amazing array of benefits. And that's why the Apostle Paul is insisting to the Ephesian church. He says, I am insisting that you, that you do this, you hear this, that don't live like those people who have separated themselves from God and have hardened their hearts against His presence. Don't live like those people. Recognize today that God has drawn near to us so that we can draw near to Him. And in this act of drawing near, we are the ones that really get all of the benefits. <laughs> Isn't that a... That, that's hope! That's hope. Would you stand with me this morning? I don't know what, I don't know what you're, you're thinking in your heart. I don't know what your week has been like. I mean, I, I know some of you have had a, a very difficult week. There's been some news and, and stuff, and we're, we're praying with you and for you and all of that. But, but others, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what anxieties perhaps you're facing. I don't, know, I don't know what's going on in everyone's life, but I will tell you this. No matter what's going on, we serve a God that has, that has made a way to draw near to you. And I, I know that for most of us, and I, and I know most everybody in this room that, that uh, in, close enough to you, that, that I know that for most of us, we like, to, we like to just take matters in our own hands and we're going to fix this. And we're all Mr. Fix-It and Mrs. Fix-It. But I'm speaking to us today saying that the whole Christmas story declares to us that we shouldn't be going it alone. That there is something, there is something wrong if we think that we're going we're gonna to make any headway in any of these areas with, with God being over there and us being over here. That there, there's, there's, there's just, I've just come emphatically to say this day that God through, went through great lengths to draw near to us because we need Him. And I, I want us to pray, I want us to pray a prayer of surrender today. And I, I want us all to pray that. I, I just feel like that if we would all bow our heads and you guys would just follow with me and let me lead you in a prayer today to just take a step, okay? To just take a step to say, you know what? Every area of my life I am surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I am going to embrace this reality that I need God in my life. Even now, in every area of my life, I need God. All right? And I think that we all do that together. I think that there'd be a tremendous benefit that takes place in us collectively. Can you bow your heads with me and let's pray. And pray with me. Say, Father, I thank you right now for the opportunity that I have to first declare Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. I surrender every area to you. Every area that is creating calamity, 
every area where I am facing anxiety, every area that I feel is out of my control, I'm going to stop trying to control it. And I'm going to rest in the reality that you have come near that I would not be home alone. I surrender those circumstances to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to clap our hands. That's a great act of praise. Father, I thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. I am absolutely convinced that God wants to walk with you in whatever you are facing. Amen. In just a few moments, I'm going to um, have the ushers come. But before I do, I'd like for Don Cochran to come up here. Joni, come with me. The Bible says that if there's any sick among you, to call the elders of the church anoint them with oil and that the prayer of faith would save the sick some of you may not have seen it brother don has been uh they said that the two there's tumors that have come back in his body they don't know yet we'll know in a couple of days whether or not they're malignant brother don you've stood right up here and we've seen healing <laughs> you've you've been you've been healed right here you have right here i mean just like i, I remember it like yesterday you held emily weeks right here and we watched God heal her as a baby. I mean, miraculous. I talk about, you remember? I mean, just complete turnaround. I mean, immediate turn, like freaky, crazy turnaround. And and you were a part of that. I mean, you were a part of that moment, that miraculous moment. And I'm just, I just, um, and I don't normally do this, but I want a Dr. Eckblad to come with me and... Um, Long, long-time pastor and tremendous man of God who has witnessed healing as well. The Bible says, "Call the elders of the church." And so we're just gonna, we're just gonna believe today. Thank you, Sean, for coming as well. And we're gonna believe today for God to, to just touch you, brother Don. I mean it. I just, I just don't accept this, and I'm not gonna. I'm. We're gonna go down fight, brother. If we're going down. We're gonna go down fighting together. You know that. And so we're just going to trust the Lord right now for His healing. And I believe in it right now. I believe in it with all of my heart. I believe in it. I've seen God do it. I watched a tumor disappear in the Philippines 11 months ago. I watched a tumor disappear. I mean, it was gone. I prayed for that girl, and it was gone. All right? And so let's pray together. Come on, stretch your hand out. Father, in Jesus' name.